Hello, hello. Welcome to a special pod blast edition of the Busting Balls podcast. He's John. I'm Jeffrey. Um, there's not a lot of news going on right now. Uh, but there is quite a lot of international football happening. So um, we decided we're going to do this as a, in pod blast form. Uh, John, what's happening, brother? Oh, God. You know how it's gonna go. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, scraping by into the. Into the uh, <laughs> it might say scrape by. It says we're in. Yes, yes. Uh, we'll come to- yeah, <laughs> we'll come. We'll come to that. Yeah, we just uh, so yeah. There's a lot of international football going on. Um, we're gonna kick it off with talking about a a a Concacaf international match. But before we even get into that, um. Some stuff going on. Uh, some some transfers and managerial news. Uh, John, you want to start that off? Well, well, should we uh, get to the one of this podcast's great themes of taking the piss out of Spurs? Yeah, yes, we of course we should. And they um they are magically doing our job for us. They are in on on this taking the piss. They are they are the definition of lads at Spurs. Because they cannot seem to appoint a new manager. You know, they agreed with, uh, is it Paolo Fonseca, I believe? A contract was agreed and then fell through at the last minute because of taxes. Then they went for Gennaro Gattuso. Gattuso went, no, thank you. Oh, my it's God. So Gattuso even declined this. Even... And, and, and this is the Gennaro Gattuso that just left Fiorentina after 23 days. <laughs> Yep, making Brian Clough's stint at Leeds look epic. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, and let, let's see, who else have they failed? They've failed to land, uh, well, they have failed to get Poch back. Yep, Poch, because PSG told them where to shove it. And uh, and Antonio Conte said, yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a, what a shame. This is, it's fascinating. And Harry Kane allegedly wants out. So, you know. It's a really good summer for yeah, Spurs. Yeah, I, I did. I did hear that. That uh, I guess PSG's looking at at uh, Harry, which makes sense. Uh, if if Poch is going to stick around PSG, then that makes sense because, I mean, Kane flourished under Poch. Yeah, I mean PSG. If, if you've got um, you know Neymar and Mbappe playing off him, my God, that's a great front. That is a goal filled front line right I, there. Will, will he keep his England captaincy though? Because we all know because Gareth Southgate seems to prefer the players that actually play in England. <laughs> At the moment, yeah, but uh, yeah, like, there's no reason he should have the England captaincy stripped just for going abroad. Um, you know, particularly because you know David Beckham didn't. Well, David Beckham was out of the England side when he, by the time he went to Real Madrid. That's true. Uh, well, was it, was it 2003? I think he was, was he, he was still in there then, surely. No, he was still, oh, he was still at Man U then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking it was, it was two, I thought it was 2003 left Man My mind might be playing tricks on me. Anyway. We, we're getting off the point here, which is to laugh at Spurs. Yes. Uh, and just to put a, a not to... <laughs> Let's try that again. Uh, not to put too fine a point on it, um, Celtic have even managed to get a manager at this point. 
Yes, the manager who I... Uh, I'm going to leave his name for you to say because, you know, uh, I'm generous like this. <laughs> uh, Ange Posakoglu. There you go. See, I knew he'd been practicing. Um, you know what? Um, yeah, okay, so Ange Posakoglu has won titles in in Australia and in Japan. He does not have a UEFA coaching certificate, but he is working on that now. Uh, but UEFA let let it go through. They, they they said, "Okay, cool. We'll we'll, we'll let this happen." Um, you know what? I'm going to say I think this is a good pick because I think you you can definitely say that the A League and the J League are are pretty equivalent to uh the to the Scottish Premier League. Well, the standard, yeah. Um, I mean, why not? It's it, it's at least an interesting pick, and you know, it's not uh, it's not um, one of those Neil Lennon go back to some desperate fallback option pick. Yeah, and, and I know you're you're not familiar with the A League so much. I'm a bit more. I'm more familiar with the J League than I am the the A League. Absolutely, but um, what's much of either? Yeah. I mean, it's difficult to find J League on TV, but you know, I keep up with it because you know Japan's always been one of my you know points of interest. Absolutely, in very many things. So you know, it's just something I keep an eye on. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think this is a good pick. I, I, I don't know if it'll turn dividends in his first season, but. This is a guy who has a, a winning, and I mean, he got, I mean, he, he did well to get Australia to two World Cups in 2014 and 2018. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, so, I, 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 I see nothing wrong with this pick. It, it, it's, it's the sort of daring, off-the-beaten-path pick that Celtic should have made to get back on track. Yeah, and, and the one thing you've got to say is, you have to give him the same sort of time that you just gave Neil Lennon to fuck everything up, obviously. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. We couldn't, yeah, this isn't like, they, they, they can't do a Tony Mowbray with this. You know, <laughs> they, they, oh they, they can't. I mean, this is a new, this is a, a completely new guy to a completely, you know, new league and all that. But again, you know, I say, I say that, uh, I say that uh, this is good. I'll go, I'll go with that. I, I think there's, as well as that, there is one last item on the on the managerial merry-go-round. That is the possible hilarity of Rafa Benitez going to Everton. And, oh, my God, some of the Everton fans are in meltdown on this. Hey, get that bag, Rafa. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm okay with this. Get that bag. Oh, yeah. It, yeah if yeah. Everton are going to offer this, I mean, let's not forget, he also managed Chelsea, too. I mean, you know, and and that was it. Napoli, I think he managed as well. If I'm, well, you know, it did. Napoli, Newcastle. I mean, I, I, Liverpool fans, for the most part, I, I don't think care much because he is still among most of the Liverpool fan base here, still quite well loved, and you know, he will do a great job for Everton if he's there because he will work his ass off to actually make them. Respectable, and you know, maybe getting to dizzy heights of sixth or something. I mean, Jesus uh, Christ, he 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 made Newcastle look respectable when you know uh, under Mike Ashley, for God's sake. Oh yeah, 
But uh, yeah, it's just, but yeah, um, I think the problem is he once described Everton as a, as a small club. Um, yes, he did. <laughs> just, uh, oh yeah, yeah I, I forgot about that. I, I I do have some sympathy on that score, but uh, on on a purely practical level, it would be a great appointment, and therefore I am absolutely against it happening. <laughs> I just think it'll be funny. That's all. I mean, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's like uh, George Graham going to Spurs, and that didn't really work out either. Oh hell no! <laughs> what, what, draw in about three years or something like that. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh buddy. So yeah, that, I don't think there's any. Uh, I mean, there's been some transfer news. Uh, that just yesterday, they were announcing Memphis Depay going from Lyon to Barcelona on a free. Um, oh. Yeah, how are Barca able to? I mean, yes, it's a free, but still, how are they able to sign? You know, still relatively world class players when allegedly they're a billion euros in debt. Free free agents on let's not face it, big contracts. You know, it's um, you know, how are they going to get by on that terrible, you know, that terrible pauper paucity of a forward line? You know, there's no goals in it. You know. Which club could get by on, you know, uh, Ansu Fadi, Martin Braithwaite, um, Usman Dembele, um, again, Aguero, uh, Memphis, and yeah, yeah so, some some Argentinian guy, you know, you know, no no one can remember his name, obscure fella, you know? Oh, yeah, I think his name is Lionel Messi, I think. <laughs> Yeah, that's the guy, you know, the, you know, the, yeah, he's on, what, a million euros a week or something like that, so, you know. Oh, it's, boy. <laughs> well, meanwhile, it seems like Atletico Madrid isn't much interested in uh, maintaining their uh, maintaining their title because Alvaro, Alvaro Morata is back at Juve on loan. Make up your mind, dude. <laughs> wow. Man. <laughs> that that That's a fun move. Yeah, when... <laughs> Obviously, Murata now is a serial title winner. You know, he he go he's in Italy, he wins titles. He comes to Spain, he wins a title. He goes back. He's the new Zlatan. That's what <laughs> the title every year. Except except Zlatan, I, I can't remember the last time Zlatan won a title. Oh lordy! Because it wasn't. It definitely wasn't at Manchester United, and it definitely wasn't at LA Galaxy. <laughs> um. On that note, uh, Inter. That inter squad of Antonio Conte's is already breaking up. Uh, Ashley Young has gone to Aston Villa. Back to Aston Villa, yeah. Um, te- where you know it's about a decade away. He's had a he's had a decent decade. He won a title. I think it was one or two titles at United. Um, a Scudetto now too. Scudetto as well, yeah. But yeah, he he's done just fine there, and good to him to have his career back there, and it'll suit Villa as well. Villa. Again, really nicely proactive in the transfer market. They're already sorting themselves out for next year, even yeah, if with, with Wendia and, and, and Ashley Young. Arsenal, of course, keep having bids knocked back. Which, hey, it's transfer season. <laughs> hey, yeah, who wants to go to Arsenal? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you're lucky, we'll offer you the Europa League. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in a good year. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Celtics suddenly are looking a bit more competent in in their dealings than than uh, Arsenal, yeah, there, there's still be some questions that need to be asked here. Um, I don't think there's anything else really in in the club game that's been really newsworthy, has there? 
No, we're not particularly. Oh huge. well, besides you, you wave have decided that Juve are going to get off scot free now. Oh, well, there is a shocker, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. I, I, I'm stunned. Stunned. What, what fucking use is UEFA? Um, well, I think you know, into the into the chocolate dildos, chocolate teapots, that sort of thing. Boy. Like, what what purpose do they actually serve at the at this point? Because, uh, to for the poor and lonely of the world to point and laugh at and feel superior to, for even the conservative government of the UK and the Trump administration to point and laugh at, you know, that that sort of level. Good. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Anything that UEFA says is going to happen, just just assume the opposite is true. Because Jesus God, you know, what what, what can you say? But uh, on that note, as we speak about UEFA, let's go into what we wanted to talk about was our uh, the, the, there is a bevy of international international football going on. You know, I no, we officially don't care about major league soccer on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll talk about it, but you know what, as a priority to discuss, it, it, it ain't it. <laughs> that ain't it. Um, this international period starts, at least for us, um, on our last episode. I believe we were we were mocking the uh, we were mocking the USA Mexico match that was to happen later that night uh, in the, the the final of the Concacaf Nations League, which we're we're pretty down on the whole Nations League concept as it is. Uh, yeah. it, it behooves us to discuss this sh- th- this match though, because uh, this turned out to be one of the absolute most insane matches of football I've ever watched both because of the football that was happening and some of the other things that happened um, to, to, to keep it on, on the football side. Um, an amazing comeback by the U S men's national team to force it into extra time when they were down, they were down twice in the match. And then uh, Christian Pulisic, in an extra time, got a, a a stunner of a goal that put them ahead three to two. Um, not too late. It's actually from a penalty, I, I might add. Um, not too long after that, a Me- Mexico got called a penalty. Um, and I, I, a phrase I, I I'm I'm fond of. I borrowed it from the NBA. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, there's a phrase that if if somebody gets a bullshit free throw and and misses, the the phrase is "ball don't lie." <laughs> yes, uh, I, I, you, you may be aware, Jonathan, that I have taken to using this uh, when when a bullshit penalty is given and it, it it's missed. I have received this on several occasions. Yes. Yeah, well, now you know the, the the. So now do do you understand what the phrase means? <laughs> I, I am there. I'm there. I, I, I kind of figured out from the context, but yes. No. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Mexico missed a penalty. Uh, but then this goes to... Uh, so, the USA ended up winning 3-2. to two. So, a massive victory in Denver. However, it, it was marred by crowd conduct. Mm-hmm. It, 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 specifically, the Mexican fans. It, it, in attendance at Denver. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this phenomenon, John. I think I've told you. 
but for any listeners who may not be aware of this phenomenon, um, even in the USA, uh, USA versus Mexico matches oftentimes feel like an away match for the USA. Yeah. Because there are far more Mexican Mexico fans in attendance. And uh, they were pretty vocal. And in fact, uh, at one point before the end of full time, the, the play had to be suspended because of CONCACAF anti-discrimination laws where protocols were put into effect. Whoa. Because there is a certain chant that, Mexi- that certain sects of Mexican fans like to say um, there is a big debate about cult, you know, the, the cultural use of it. I think we know in the context what what the the context is, and it is not. It, it's particularly homophobic. Yeah. Something you say yeah. towards towards men as as a homophobic slur. And so the the match was held up for fifteen minutes. You know, as the even the Mexican national, you know, even El Tree. We're trying to get the tell their fans, y- 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 y'all need to shut the fuck up, or this match is gonna get called. Gonna get called. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And it. So they they did stop that. However, after that penalty, after uh, the go ahead goal, and after the penalty save, Mexican fans were throwing trash at players, and in fact, uh, at least one sub got hit in the head. Jesus. Who's warming up? Yeah. So. Uh, Mexico now have to play their next two World Cup qualifiers behind closed doors. And quite right, too. You, you have to have the consequences for this. this is, you can't let that, you can't let, you know, the whole folk chant, particularly when football is very, very keen to portray, you know, this um, all, all-inclusive thing. Although, did, did you see the thing about Manuel Neuer today, by the way? Uh, I did not. No, no, he, he was wearing a, a rainbow armband for the match yesterday okay i did see that yeah and uh yeah um, fifa or sorry uefa announced uh, that there would be an investigation into it as a political gesture oh fuck off <laughs> and yeah and uh yeah obviously this this did not go down well on the usual places in social media and in you know in in fact the normal media so yeah it's been very prominently walked back on very quickly yeah, as well as should be, because uh, especially during Pride Month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pe- people existing is not a political statement. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it, it's uh, you know it, a gesture like that. Yes, and, in the sense it's political, but in the in in every other sense, it's being human for fuck's sake. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like you know, I, 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 we've heard the argument about you know why the Mexican fans shouldn't be banned because you know it, it infringes on personal liberties to 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 ban this chant to which my answer is okay so why do personal liberties only seem to apply to the abuser not the abusees exactly that like do do do, do the people on the receiving end of these chants not get not have the right to live without being abused verbally exactly you, you know if if you know if one someone goes and shouts out in the street 
they they either get the shit kicked out of them or they get reported very quickly. Right, and also and also too, if we want to talk about you know the usually it's it's the extreme civil libertarians who who take offense to this, but also are very much into private ownership of things. Um, the stadiums are uh, the private property of the owners and uh, of the stadiums, and the competitions are the private property of Concacaf. And if they don't want those chants at their matches, they don't. They can enforce a rule about it. Yeah. So eat eat shit, civil libertarians, about that one. <laughs> Not that this has also been a consistent theme of this podcast, <laughs> right? But I mean, it, it's the point. It it, it only seems to apply. It, it's just funny how freedom of speech only seems to apply to you know extreme assholes. Yes, it, it's. Yes, they have freedom of speech. We <laughs> we can shut the fuck up. That's the their definition of it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I'm, I'm you know, and that argument is not only ahistorical, but it's also not how it's enforced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and it's it is bullshit. So yes, that's exactly the word I was about to use. <laughs> uh, but moving on. So uh, in the wake of that, we go to. Um, the other two international competitions, uh, of course, uh, UEFA's uh, European Championship, Euro 2020, Asterix, is going on. But also, uh, Conmebol's, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the Copa America is going on. Copa America, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, these, um, what, do you want to talk, what do you want to talk first? Uh, let, let's go with the Copa America because uh, there's there's so much to talk about that first week of the Euros, you know that that well first nine nine days now it is. Um, yeah. Um, first of all, I just like like to say uh, between the two tournaments, the presentation between ESPN carrying the Euros and and Fox's coverage of of Copa America are like night and fucking day because. There is not. There's like a consistent branding on the UEFA broadcasts. Yes. Yeah. There's a consistent branding. Conmebol uh, doesn't seem to care. So Fox is using this particularly garish font in theirs, which you can you cannot read it from distance. This, it, yeah, this might be the. Uh, this might be an actual Concacaf thing then, because it's Concacaf or Conmebol. Comables and my <laughs> sorry, my headshot at the moment still. <laughs> well, every other thing I've seen the branding, it looks like a pretty plain font uh, uh, at, at the stadiums, but like the the Fox broadcasts have like this real you know garish looking <laughs> wavy font. Yeah, like I said, yeah, you you yeah. can't read it from distance. We had that on the Brazil Venezuela game. Uh, that was yeah. I was just like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah, you can't read it. Yeah, and okay, you have to be like up close to the TV to be able to fucking read it. Yeah, and it was it was in the national colors as well, if I if I remember on ours. So I, if it's a same thing, uh, I don't recall that, but you uh, may be it, right. But yeah, I just like going, no, it's it's appalling. So yeah, uh, I mean, to me, the general thing about the Copa America this week, it has been tough to watch because obviously. You know, with the way our time zones are, I've been coming off, you know, what, two, two or three football games a day and then winding down watching this. And for obvious reasons, uh, like holding it in a COVID-ridden country, it's in the, the, it's in those st- silent stadiums without any fans. You have a perfect illustration of what the fans mean to football 
back to back here from you know from the eight, eight o'clock game on on our time to the ten o'clock game on there. It it just feels absolutely empty. And to be honest, for me, the matches a lot of them have reflected that because they have they have not been the most enthralling games. It's it, it it's been kind of like you know uh, football in an existential void. <laughs> well, just, but yeah, but at the same time, we did just get through European seasons where it was pretty much like that too. Yeah, but it's a, it, it's going because you've seen at the end of the European season, fans start to come back in, and at the Euros, you have you know reduced numbers of fans, but you have fans still there, and it, it's made all the difference. And then you just go back to these empty stadiums, and it's almost painful. You know, it, it, it is painful to watch. I mean, you, I, I guess I see it. Maybe it just doesn't bother me so much because we did just go. I mean, we, we've been dealing with empty arena football since, you know, the pandemic started, you know, when when the Premier League and, and, and well, actually since Germany restarted. You know what? I, I, I hope you notice how restrained I'm being in not making a joke about the U.S. doing empty arena football for decades here. <laughs> Damn, man. <laughs> I'm not going there. You got to go. Wow. Okay. Wow. Damn. <laughs> but, but honestly, I mean, you know, just watching it on TV. I mean, yeah, it, it is quite a con like, I suppose if maybe Euro wasn't also going on at the same time. Yeah, I can, absolutely. It, it, it would be maybe a little less, less of a stark contrast to you because again, we had just come from this. You know, since so, since the end of last season, uh, 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 the previous seasons, but at the same time, um, yeah, there really has not been a high quality of football so far in in Copa America. I mean, Brazil obviously somehow are benefiting from you know uh, barely having to travel. Um, yeah, uh, amazing how that happened. Yeah, thrashing red as well. First game, Argentina. Yeah, they they are just almost crawling through matches by the look of it. You know, that, yeah, there was that, that, yeah, that match against Ur- that match against Uruguay was not thrilling. Oh God, on it Friday. was thick. It was yeah. Oh, it, it was painful. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. <laughs> Zombies football at that yeah, point. Yeah. So yeah. So right now, yeah, Euro has definitely been the more fun tournament, but the the biggest story of Euro so far. Um, has been a player who's not on the pitch, and that, of course, would be Christian Eriksen for Denmark and and of Inter, um, collapsing in the what thirty ninth minute, I think. It was uh, yeah, thirty ninth, yeah, uh, of their opening match against Finland, uh, an apparent cardiac arrest. Yeah, I, I believe there's nothing apparent about it, and it was a cardiac arrest. Right. He hasn't fitted with a, a you know. Defibrillator, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that was. It wasn't all that long ago we were talking about uh, Mark Vivian Foe, Foe and Fabrice Mwamba as well. Um, yeah, I, the the good thing is. Oh, and well, let's not forget um, uh, Iker Casillas. I think too had a had a. Oh, I, I yeah, I'd missed I'd missed that one. Um, 
the one good thing, it's literally he could not have been in a better place for, you know, for a medical emergency because he had top class medics next to him and he was literally round the corner from the best hospital in Denmark. Yeah, yeah so exactly. luckily for that, but... Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's a good job this didn't happen in, a, you know, a hotel room later or something or anything like that, so... Or, God forbid, Baku or somewhere. Yeah, that and that, that UEFA feed did not cut away um, for a long time on No, that. it didn't, because actually I, I had completely missed it because I was walking my dogs, and I come back, and I see, like, them marching him off the field. And I remember I messaged yeah. you, like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, um... But I, I think that the the real terrible thing on this was UEFA basically going to the Danish players who've just seen their, their teammate nearly die, going to them, OK, you either finish the match tonight or we'll play it early tomorrow. And you're going, dudes, what the hell is that? You know, How- you, you remember what happened in the Copa Libertadores final a couple of years ago when... Uh, Carmabol was insisting that the match was still being played, even though, you know, Carlos Tevez and others at Boca Juniors had glass in their hair. Yeah. From being attacked, from their bus being attacked, you know? I appreciate it all. I appreciate it's a tight schedule. But my God, these are, these are huge. These guys are human. And, you know, you can't tell me that, you know, that result against Finland, Finland was not influenced by you know the, by what had happened you know they, they made some horrible mistakes in that game well and... you know the thing is is that at the time i think you you know we're saying that you know the players were up for it they they, they said that the, the players yeah. were up for it i know it's that a... on the espn feed steve McManaman and uh who else was it? Maybe it was john champion and taylor twelman were all saying that yeah maybe we shouldn't be playing right now yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it was originally painted as the player's choice to play, but it was a choice of two really shitty options there. Mm. Well, at the same time, though, I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah, the, the the fact that it was a cardiac arrest, but also, I mean, games go on after horrific, you know, physical injuries that don't involve, you know, the the the, the heart. Yeah, absolutely. Have gone. So, I mean, I I, I see both points, but. You know, yeah, I, ha, has this taken the wind out of Denmark's sails? Oh, probably. I mean, Finland got a, a, a shock win yeah, over um, this in their but, debut. Uh, I, I will say Timu Puki helped, you know, tee it up. but <laughs> Yeah, but uh, uh, you have to say it, they did. Um, they, frankly, when they played Belgium, they were magnificent in that first half against Belgium. Oh, um, yes, they were. Um, you know, I know it all fell apart because you know Belgium just went and used their cheat code and brought Kevin De Bruyne on, but right. But you know, um, no, it, it was a, a beautiful trip, and you know that tribute in the in the tenth minute uh, that Belgium kicked the ball out, and there was you know a minute's applause. For it. That was oh man, lump in the throat stuff. Yeah, that really. was, that was class. That that was definitely class. And then uh, the other thing, the fans, you know, the fans in the stadium on the day that the, the Denmark Finland, you know. Denmark chanting Christian, Finland fans replying Ericsson. My yeah. God. Yeah, that that was that was top class. Yeah. Um. So a, as we record today, Group A is uh, is done. Italy and Wales are are the 
For sure. Uh, Switzerland probably going to go through. We, we still have to see what the rest of uh, the third placers look like. Um, Turkey Turkey is definitely out. Um, Turkey, the dark horses who were garbage in the end. They, you know, I think they were one of the worst sides ever to grace the European Championship by their record. Mm, 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 you know, one goal for, eight goals against, no points, nada. Why did you turn up? Yeah. Um, thank- that's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, thankfully, you know, like, some of the other teams are still not, you know, some of the other, deb- I mean, the three, well, two debutants and one who haven't been around in, in a while, um, you know, Finland and North Macedonia still, Still have a chance. Turns yeah. Out. Well, well, this is you know this is the beauty of the qualifying system where you know there's only you know where four of the six third place teams go through, and you know you'd, you'd love to see it. You know, uh, right. Hungary as you speak, Hungary drew with France yesterday. That's a result which you know that that, that should earn you a shot of going through. Uh, you know, well, well, I mean, go uh, to Germany and, win, and you know Scotland. Win Scotland got a draw with England. Oh, let let let's talk about this. You know, I, I mean, it was a very very typically British football game. This, yeah, it, it was. And unless you had, you know, you, you you know, skin in the game, I don't think it was particularly thrilling. It, you know, it wasn't particularly skillful. You know, it was in England were just apart from hitting the John Stones hit the post early on passing sideways and backwards and they were not finding a way through Scotland and to, to me I've said this from the start of the tournament um, and it's on my friend Michael's blog because he, he's a it, he is it's the first time since he's been interested in football you know he, he got interested in football when I think he was like 12 13 it's the first time he's seen Scotland at a major championships here um and you know that nil nil he's it, you know stressful but my god that's such a moment for Scottish football because they have not had a, you know, they've not had a tournament in 22 years or 23 years. Now, well, sorry. We, yeah, I mean, it, on Friday and, and Saturday, we had three cases where, I mean, it, as far as meaning, a draw was a win because, you know, we talked about, yeah, Hungary got a point off of France and, in fact, had to lead for a little while. And oh, then, you know, yeah. Poland ended up scraping a point off of, off of Spain. Oh, yes. And uh, Robert Lewandowski finally getting a tournament goal here for, for Poland. Right. So, now, I mean, yeah, I mean, th- what are the odds? I mean, like I said, we, three cases where a draw was a win, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's a it's, it, give yourself a chance. As I was to go back to Scotland, I, I was saying before, I, I really like the way Scotland has set up um, defense midfield perfect. Everyone knows the job. They're tight as anything. Uh, Tierney and Robertson down that left wing are putting in crosses all day long. They are, you know, the, uh, to me, Robertson has been one of the best left backs in the tournament, even if he hasn't seen the reward for it. But, you know, because Scotland do not have a quality striker up front. If Scotland had a goal scorer, they would be a genuine threat to, to you know, in the knockouts, I think, because they are Steve Clark. Sets his side up beautifully, well, guys, and you know creates chances. There's just no one to finish them off. God damn it! Because right. you look at the game um, Monday, I believe it was at Hamden um, against the Czech Republic. You you can talk about tactical errors, that, and you can obviously talk about probably what's going to be the goal of the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. 
Patrick from 45 yards, just calmly lofting the ball over Dave, over David Marshall and right into the net. Astonishing goal, astonishing skill on that. But to meet the difference, then Scotland were creating chances. It's just that they had, you know, Scotland had Lyndon Dykes up front. You know, the Czechs had some top class like Schick up front when you know Scotland made them stay from set piece and gave them a tiny little error. So yeah, to me. To me, I, I think Scotland have got a really nice basis for progress on this. And Billy Gilmore, my God, first international start against England. What a hell of a way to, to, to debut internationally. And he played like he'd been there for years. Uh, I couldn't fault that at all. Um, I do want to kvetch about, well, I mean, I want to praise the group of death for living up to the name, but oh, boy, was I furious about Germany losing to France. But... Then there was yesterday's game, and... <laughs> Much more entertaining. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, you got to feel for Portugal. They scored four goals, but still lost four to two. You know? It was brilliant to watch. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I, I got to say, you know, Yogi Love maybe shouldn't have stuck around after the 2018 World Cup, uh, but, I mean, hopefully he'll come good here. Uh the group of death, as I said, definitely living up to its name. Um, I want to shout out the guy who, who got in my, my mentions because my, my review of the France Germany match was just stupid hummels, you know, you know, and anyone who knows the the phrase, it's just like a Homer Simpson type thing. (laughs) I'm stupid. You know what? (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, what? He had a great game. I go, yeah, just one mistake. I go, yeah, pretty critical mistake there, brother. I mean, you know, first time they've ever lost their opening match in a Euro ever. But, you know, beyond that, yeah, go off, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, and so obviously, we haven't mentioned much, but I, I tell you what, my friend Michael's blog, I, I did a little preview with him, and my, my, uh, t- my Group A predictions look really good. So I said Italy and Wales go through. And I tipped Italy to win the tournament. And frankly, Italy have looked the best side in the tournament. Uh, they they are the first team in Euro history to win all three of their games and not concede. Yeah. The, uh, uh, group stage games, I should say. Yeah. Um, uh, Belgium and, could make be the second yeah. uh, tomorrow, depending on results. Uh, well, the, and the Netherlands, for that matter. Well, well Belgium conceded a goal, didn't they, in the, against Denmark, so... Oh, they did. You're right. My bad. Okay, yeah, scratch that. Uh, well, so can another one. So never mind. You know what? <laughs> Everybody else is... Uh... Oh, yeah, maybe... Oh, well, no, they didn't win. Uh-huh. Okay, all right. Yeah, so, yeah, yay Italy. Um, yeah. You know what? I, I think Germany can handle Hungary, honestly. I, I think the, there's a chance... There's a chance Germany can still win the group of death. It's in Munich. If if Germany do not beat Hungary in Munich, they do not deserve to go through. Well, they didn't beat France in Munich. No, but France are a slightly better side than Hungary, you know, nine times out of ten. Yeah. Well, that much is true, too. Um, yeah, I mean, again, yeah. Poland, still have, Poland still have a chance to go through, depending on, on how things go with, uh, with Spain. Well, the thing is, Spain could finish bottom of that group right now. Do you really see Slovakia giving Spain that much hassle? Well, you never know. It's a one-off game now. 
It's nothing. It's true. It's true. And then you know, you know, Sweden. I mean, Poland has Sweden, which ooh, that, that may be tough. Yeah, that that's going to be a fun game. Sweet Sweden, uh, you know, I love their four four two, and uh, Alexander Isaac is one of the you know one of the stars of the tournament. I think so far for me, really, really played really well. And of course, you know, since we mentioned that this is the first time Germany has ever lost their first group stage game in a year ever, we have to make mention of the fact that England won their won their first ever group stage game in a Euro. Yes, and, and again, they deserve that because they played the perfect game to beat Croatia. Um, unfortunately, that game they want to play is not suited to breaking down sides who defend deep like Scotland. So. Right, well, I mean, it, you know what? This has been a, you know what? It, it's been a thrilling tournament. Uh, Christian Eriksen, notwithstanding, it's nearly been perfect. Honestly, as far as, you know, footballing thrills and spills, of course, Christian Eriksen will be the story of this tournament, no matter what happens. Oh, yes. It's, yeah. That, and, that, and we, of course, it. all wish him the best of, of luck in his recovery. Um, Absolutely. Hard to say if he's ever going to play again. It, it's t- Well, you think about it, the insurance money alone on this says, nah, I, well, I, I can't. Which I can't see it. Right, but I mean, again, you you mentioned Fabrice Mwamba, and yeah, and you know, absolutely good luck. And I I deeply hope he, if he is fit to play again, that he gets to play again and enjoy the career that he should have. Because you know, he is a pretty damn good player. Let's let's not lose sight of this here. Yeah, I just realized this is actually our first Euro in in the you know since we've been doing this show. Oh yeah, five years since we've had a Euros, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. So yeah, and we start. We only started. Well, we started during the World Cup, uh, twenty eighteen. Yes. Like actually in the run up to it, actually. But yeah, our uh, yeah, I still never forget our our first episode. <laughs> the graphic on it is, is Vladimir Putin and and uh, and Sepp Blatter. <laughs> oh boy, and, and thus the tone was set for. <laughs> We we like to keep it low, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think that's really kind of all we got here. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add to all this, or are we just we're just going to call this a pod blast? Well, you know, if our listeners want to take a minute just to meditate on the magnificence of the Welsh football team and their achievement in maintaining their hundred percent record of getting through group stages in major tournaments, I'm quite happy for that. Mm, okay (laughs) we're great we are by record we are by the percentage of wins per game the best side in the history of the euros come on (laughs) okay uh not not to dampen your your enthusiasm but if we're if you're to look statistically uh sam allardyce is the winningest england coach of all time too so (laughs) if if you want to get statistical like here so (laughs) <laughs> john um if that's all we got then uh yeah let's call us a pod blast uh thanks for listening you can catch us up on twitter at busting balls pod email us busting at gmail.com you've been listening us through our native soundcloud feed soundcloud.com slash busting dash balls or on the PWOM Podcast Network, soundcloud.com slash pro wrestling only, and you can find us on Spotify, search Busting Balls Podcast. John, any last words? Wales, Wales, Wales. All right. we'll, see you in a, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. 
<laughs> Take care, guys. Bye now.